Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here. Some crazy weather happening outside because uh, on the west coast of Florida, there is a hurricane on the east coast where I am in northeast Florida. Tropical storm winds creeping their way in here. So uh, should be a fun evening here in Jacksonville, Florida. On this show, we'll get a review of Celebrity Reflection. Also, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, standing by with Cruise News. Taking a sailing in a couple of days on Carnival Sunshine out of New York City up to the Canadian Maritimes doing Boston, Portland, Halifax, Nova Scotia, and St. John's, New Brunswick. So if you want to catch uh, any of the coverage there, follow us on Snapchat at Cruise Radio or check out our Cruise Radio Facebook group. Just type in Cruise Radio News. All right. It's Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug. How's it going? Good, man. Just bracing for this big storm. Uh, hope you stay dry, my friend. Yeah, yeah, I should. Uh, moving on to cruise news here. Carnival Imagination, now that is a West Coast cruise ship for Carnival, uh, undergoing a little bit of a refurb. What are we seeing? Well, I think it's a little more than just a little, Doug. It's, uh, it's, it's significant. Um, you know, like uh, they, they did with uh, many of their, let's call them newer, older ships, <laughs> mm-hmm. where they're trying to make them uh, more reminiscent of the new ships. Uh, which I guess we call it, uh, what is it, the Funship 2.0, which, interestingly enough, this is the first time that uh, that, that uh, phrase has, I guess, been uh, put out the pasture. Is this a continuation of Funship 2.0? It kind of seems it like it. It sure does. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, as Imagination is the ship that does the three- and four-day cruises out of Long Beach uh, near Los Angeles. It'll be three weeks, and uh, they will be adding uh, Guy's Burger Joint, the Blue Iguana Cantina, Red Frog Rum Bar, the Alchemy Bar, the Blue Iguana Tequila Bar, and a lot of the kids and maybe some of the adults, Doug, Cherries on Top, uh, seems to be uh, quite a favorite. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're going to be adding uh, Waterworks, Aqua Park, including a 300-foot twister slide and the adults-only area called Serenity. Geez, they're really dumping some money into these fantasy-class ships, aren't they? Yeah, which which is surprising. I think a lot of people thought they'd be moving these ships uh, out uh, to maybe you know China, for example. Uh, you know what do they do with the older ships? But uh, what they're doing is they've, they've they've discovered that the lifespan of these ships can be extended. These are very profitable ships, mm-hmm. and so by making them more relevant with a lot of the features found on the newer ships, uh, they, they can last longer and uh, sail to uh, sail to more destinations. And the Short three and four night cruises out of Los Angeles have been very popular and successful for them. So, you know, good for them. We talked last week about Royal Caribbean extending their itineraries on Empress of the Seas into December of this year, but now it's going into spring of 2017. Does this mean Cuba is off the table? Yeah, it, it appears that the phone call, as a lot of uh, the cruise line executives uh, like to like to say, uh, hasn't come through and may not come through for some time. Hmm. So there there appears to be negotiations going on, but uh, it does not appear that uh, anyone other than uh, Fathoms Adonia is, is imminent to get the approval to make those uh, Cuba sailings uh, you know, from the United States. But, uh, you know, the Empress, they were hoping they were, they were opening up pockets of windows 
uh, and, and really nothing larger. But that doesn't necessarily mean, Doug, that uh, if let's say they got approval in November that they couldn't start up, uh, you know, make the change and uh, go forward in in January, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, this just means, I mean, I don't think anyone, you know, that was planning to go to the Bahamas would uh, be too upset if Royal offered them the opportunity to stay on the ship and uh, head to Cuba instead. Sounds good to me. This next story, a little interesting. Carnival Visto was docked in Messina, Italy, which is in Sicily. She was leaving the dock. Some prop wash from the ship, well, pretty much uh, flooded the marina. What happened here? Departing uh, Messina, Sicily, which uh, is the port for um, Termina. Mm -hmm. It's a very popular uh, port uh, in the Mediterranean. And as it was leaving, now, before we get into that, it's, it's important to note that there was a pilot on board that was guiding the ship uh, out, and this wasn't the first time that uh, the ship, um, you know, has been there. And I'm I'm certain that it's not the captain's first time mm-hmm. uh, ever uh, arriving or departing from Messina. But essentially, um, there was a lot of backwash, or, or essentially a wake uh, from the ship as it was departing, and it literally caused this marina. Uh, uh, you know, the boats in the marina to be tossed around, and literally the marina sank. <laughs> yeah. They're probably not laughing but, like uh, you they are. They, they are claiming that uh, about 250,000 euros worth of damage um, was, was caused by this. And, uh, you know, obviously an investigation is underway to see what happened. Yeah. But, uh, it, you know, like I said, it is important to note that, uh, you know, there was a pilot on board guiding them out. So it's you know, it'll be interesting to see what happened. Uh, you know, why it why it caused that. Uh, you know, maybe the ship was going too fast. Who knows? But uh, in fact, uh, Doug, I think there's a, a link to some video at uh, cruiseradio.net. Yeah, I'll post that video link in our show notes at cruiseradio.net. This next uh, story belongs to News of the Weird. $30 million uh, of cocaine found on a cruise ship. What do you have on this? Well, the uh, Sea Princess... Uh, was on a 66-night uh, world cruise. Uh, started in England, uh, made its way through the United, you know, Canada, the United States, down to South America, and so the ship was in Sydney, where uh, three passengers uh, were charged with uh, importing, um, <laughs> uh, you know, a huge amount of of drugs. Two hundred and nine pounds. Yeah, which uh, <laughs> they said was about thirty-one million dollars. Uh, worth of of cocaine on the ship. Uh, um, it, it's interesting. It'll be, it would be interesting to see what tipped them off as this uh, progresses, as the investigation unfolds. Um, but uh, you know, they, they, these three people, um, you know, aged uh, 63, 28, and 22. Um, it's it's just it's just mind-boggling. I mean, how do you get that amount of cocaine on a, on a cruise ship? Well, I read one article. They had like 19 bags between the three of them. So, uh, but hmm. you're right, though. Like, there's but, but security goes, measures. But, they, but yeah. Doug, they go through scanners. Right. I know. It's just so know. if if you know you're looking through that scanner, uh, well, those aren't clothes. It's not a toothbrush. It's not. That's not. You know. Uh, you know, shampoo, baby powder, <laughs> or underwear. Um, something. You know, what is that? Well, let's take a look. But but isn't it well? I mean, I guess it's not uncommon. You're going away for so long, <laughs> but 19 suitcases and that doesn't raise any alarms. Yeah, you said this was Sea Princess. This is uh, one of what Princess Cruises ships. 
It's, it is. It's uh, a 77,000 ton ship. I got to say, in the seven years we've been doing this, this is one of the weirdest stories I think we may have done. It's just amazing how outlandish <laughs> some people will be. In closing here, Carnival Cruise Line has raised the price of Faster to the Fun. Now, if you don't know what Faster to the Fun is, it's where you could actually get priority boarding. Essentially, you pay for priority boarding, right, Stuart? Yeah, you get um, you get well, you get to bypass the long security line, so you get put into a priority security line, um, and also you know expedited check-in boarding, and uh, you also get first access to your stateroom. Uh, on top of that, you get uh, priority luggage and various guest services, uh, priority dinners, tender priorities. Um, so uh, it's it's it really is a it's a good service. And uh, so essentially only one person in the cabin has to purchase it. Mm-hmm. So to give you an idea, if you're on a, a two- to four-night cruise, uh, $49.90, you know, $50, four-night cruise on select ships, it's like $60. A five-night cruise, it's about 60 to $70, depending on the type of cruise you're on. Uh, six- to seven-night sailings is 70 and eight-night cruises and longer, it's 80 did you think back when Carnival started this in 2012 it would be this popular? No, I, I really didn't. And uh, it's, it's amazing how, it's surprisingly, it's surprising how popular uh, it, it has become. And it'll be interesting to see how, you know, in, in how many more ports uh, and destinations they will move this into yeah. because of its popularity. Yeah, it's not available at all ports right now, just a select few. It'll be interesting to see how they roll this out. We've been talking with Stuart Sheeran, the Cruise Guy. Find him online at cruiseguy.com or follow him on Twitter at cruiseguy. Thank you, buddy. Hey, pleasure, Doug. This is Cruise Radio. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. If you missed any part of the show or want to hear more, go to cruiseradio.net and click on Radio Channel or go to iTunes and search Cruise Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Cruise Radio. We always like to get your cruise reviews here on the show. If you have one you'd like to share, drop me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. Like Barry, Barry just returned from a 10-night Eastern European Mediterranean sailing aboard Celebrity Cruises Celebrity Reflection round trip out of Athens. He joins us on the line this evening. Hello, Barry. How are you? 
Good, my friend. Thanks so much for uh, calling in to give you a review of Celebrity Reflection. I, I love this ship. Now, uh, before we get to Reflection itself, we'll take a step back and uh, give me some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to sail this 10-night med cruise with Celebrity? Because this is your first cruise ever. Normally, people tend to stick closer to home on their first cruise. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this was our, our honeymoon, and we were dreaming big, and we did a countless amount of research, probably about a year out, mm-hmm. as to itineraries and ships and, and uh, so forth. And we both agreed that we really wanted to see Greece, and this itinerary seemed to be the right amount of time to do a couple days on land and then a, a significant amount of time on a ship and really see a lot of the world while only having to unpack once and so forth. So uh, price was right. We, we spoke to a travel agent, and that was it. Nice. Very cool. Now, I understand you did a lot of research before you booked this sailing. Uh, as far as the price point goes for other sailings you were looking at, uh, was it pretty on par with everyone else? I think it might have actually been a little bit cheaper. I think mm-hmm. that uh, the length of the cruise might have scared some people and uh, you know, some of the, the world events. People weren't so, at least Americans maybe, weren't so yeah. interested in, in, in traveling abroad. So it was actually came in comparable or even cheaper than some of the other cruises that we were looking at for similar and even shorter lengths. Very cool. So uh, you started this cruise out of Rome. Uh, how was embarkation for you at a Shivashivekia? Yeah, it was the most seamless and, and easy process I could have imagined. I think that we were from, we, we, we had to take a uh, car service from downtown Rome to the port. And I think from leaving the cab to getting on the ship was maybe about 15 or 20 minutes. It was really seamless. Everything was taken care of for us. Bags were, were porters were right there to greet us. And uh, security was a breeze. Check-in took all of three minutes. And it was very seamless and very quick. So once you boarded Celebrity Reflection, understanding this is your first cruise ever, what were your first impressions? We were blown away. Uh, the size of the ship, obviously, as first-time cruisers, took us a bit by surprise. But uh, the service was amazing. I mean, I loved the opportunity to, to take all kinds of pictures and remember the trip in every possible way. Walking on to a champagne or a glass of mimosa was, was spectacular. And, and walking on and really feeling like you were traveling in, in I mean, they call it modern luxury, and it really felt that way. It was really just blown away. Do they still have that tree suspended in the air? Absolutely, they do. Yeah, uh, they <laughs> so cool. Reflected a few, a few other decks, which I think is how the ship gets its name and yeah. so But yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, very nice. So uh, you make your way to your stateroom. Uh, What kind of stateroom did you have and what did you think of it? Yes, we were in aqua class, which is their spa class. Mm -hmm. And uh, I believe all of the the, uh, outside and veranda cabins all are the same size. In spa class, we had some special uh, amenities. They have, I think, infusers with special scents. And there was a bottle of champagne waiting for us and a bottle, a pitcher of iced tea. And and so we were really... um, I remember the first thought thinking this is a lot bigger than I was expecting. I had heard a lot of horror stories about people's rooms feeling like closets. Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, And so I was definitely really impressed that for two of us, it seemed like a really nice amount of space for the amount of time that we were going to be in the room and the length of the voyage. And um, that was pretty awesome. And then the bathroom, I was like, wow, this is actually a sizable bathroom. It may even be bigger than my bathroom at home. So that was pretty cool and uh, really, really blown away also by, by the size of the stateroom and, and, and how everything was kept. And our stateroom attendant, who we met probably a couple hours later, was just amazing throughout the entire trip as well. Aqua class, what kind of privilege do you get with that? Uh, Aqua class gets you basically um, free access to the Persian Garden, uh, which is an area in the spa that has uh, warming beds and, and saunas and hammams, steam room and a cold shower and a sonic shower and some things like that. I think we used that uh, two or three times, especially when we came back from sightseeing and excursions and we're just absolutely exhausted. That was pretty cool. And, and the, also with Aqua, you get uh, dining in blue which definitely was yeah. something that we definitely took advantage of. The specialty restaurant specifically for Aqua guests was really a nice opportunity there. Basically, any of the um, 
main entrees that are featured on a regular basis in the main dining room are served in aqua, as well as the things that they're serving on their own. Uh, and so we were able to sort of get a little bit of both worlds, but really enjoyed the opportunity to dine in a much smaller setting than the main dining room. Felt like the service there was spectacular. I think the hostess knew our names on like the second day, nice. uh, which was really special and really nice. And, and, and so that was pretty awesome. And yeah, the uh, special snacks every day, a uh, pitcher of iced tea, free bottles of water every day. Uh, so some little things like that just to make things a little bit nicer for you. Cool. Let's switch gears here and talk about the dining then. Um, we talked about blue just then. Uh, how about uh, as far as the buffet area and the main dining room? What are your thoughts there? And let's start at the buffet and work our way down. Yeah, absolutely. We went to the buffet on the first day. As soon as we got on the ship for lunch, we loved it, thought there were a ton of options. It was really spectacular. Everything was fresh. Everything was was really nice. They're constantly turning over the food. Certainly a little bit crowded at, for breakfast and everybody's rushing off the ship and a little bit also on the sea days, but didn't seem like you had to wait for anything for more than a few minutes, which was really nice. Did get a little repetitive after 10 days. I would have not been enjoyed seeing a little bit more variety, uh, especially um, you know when some things were starting to be served twice and three times. But it was it was really nice and everything was fresh and delicious. Main dining room, we did do a few breakfasts there and one dinner and, and loved it uh, almost as much as we love blue. Uh, so that was pretty spectacular there. And we also took advantage of the specialty dining. We did one meal in each of the specialty restaurants and then ended up going to Murano, which is their uh, romantic restaurant, their French style restaurant, a second night. And for the most part, we really enjoyed the specialty restaurants. The opportunity, I think, to we really enjoyed. Uh, we like to cook at home, so the opportunity to grill at the uh, Lawn yeah. Club Grill on the top deck was pretty spectacular. We enjoyed that. Had a great experience at Cuisine. Would love to go back there. I think the uh, it was almost like dinner theater because everything is presented with this whimsical flair, and mm-hmm. the waiter is coming out, you know, making a shtick and, and telling jokes as he's serving the food. So that was kind of spectacular. Again, we love Murano. We went twice. It was amazing. Uh, can't say a bad thing about that restaurant. Had a, a little bit of a disappointing experience at Tuscan Grill. Oh. Felt like the food wasn't as good as we had hoped, and uh, service again was great, but it just sort of seemed like there was it, the specialty that we were hoping for wasn't there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think they've changed the menu since so perhaps it, uh, it it'll be a different experience next time we sail yeah, yeah. now talk to us about the lawn club grill experience when it was uh, cooking your own steak yeah that was pretty spectacular so so, so you walk in and, and i think we were the only when we they were there we were the only couple that actually was doing it later on in the evening uh, a couple other couples were taking advantage of it but uh, you actually start cooking your own pizza or your own flatbread and so they tell you how to like knead the dough like you would in, a, in any italian pizzeria which was kind of exciting and then you go over to the salad bar and put all the toppings that you want on it, which was very spectacular. And then, um, you know, that goes into the oven and then you start prepping the steaks, which is really cool, or, or chicken or kielbasa. They have a few different options for you. And, and the chef is sort of guiding you through the whole process and taught you about this little technique where if you put your um, pinky and, and, and your thumb together on one finger and then use a finger from your other hand to sort of test the palm of, of that first hand, you can sort of figure out where the, 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 the softness and the touch of the meat will tell you how it's prepared, if it's medium or rare or well done. Uh, so that was kind of a little trick that we've since used when we've <laughs> nice. cooking at home. It was, it was a lot of fun. We had a really great time. Now, you hit all these dining venues. Did you do like a dining plan or yeah. did you, you did? We did. We purchased the, uh, the four-night dining ahead of time and uh, ended up, we, since it was our honeymoon, I guess we got this uh, specialty free night at one of them. So we had the five nights over the 10-night cruise, yeah. Cool. Uh, we'll switch gears then and talk about the entertainment on board Celebrity Reflection. Now, from what I understand or what I remember, there's like a Cirque show there, isn't there? Or a there is. acrobatics? There is. Yeah, yeah, it was a little bit different than I think the the acrobatic show that I had been expecting from from listening to to your show over the last year while we were planning and so forth. But it was definitely there. It was sort of I believe it was called Elysium mm-hmm. uh, was the one that that featured those elements, and it almost felt sort of like a. Uh, it was a very interesting show. It was very artsy. The music was very upbeat, uh, sort of sort of telling the story of of, of I think. A, 
queen or someone aspiring to be the queen going through the seasons of the year and, and becoming that queen. So it was a very uh, artsy kind of show that had those Cirque style acrobatical elements in it as well. The show that I think we liked more than any other uh, of the three big theater production shows was uh, they do a show which name is escaping me now uh, about a, 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 it's this Irish sort of rock uh, set in a bar. Reminded me a little bit of the Broadway show Once and the movie Once, but sort of with celebrities' own elements to it. It was a really fun show that got everybody engaged and everybody entertained, uh, and we had a really great experience with that one, I think, on the second to last night of the cruise. Cool. How about, uh, like, music around the ship? How was that? Yeah, lounge singers were everywhere. Uh, Definitely had the opportunity to take advantage of a few of those, and they were all great. You know, a few nights there was definitely people that had done a show the previous night in the main theater that were doing something in one of the lounges or bars, which was very cool. DJ party every night somewhere different on the ship. I think the highlight for us was uh, they took over the wine bar one night with what they call the silent disco. And so everybody's wearing headphones and listening to one of three channels. And it was a lot of fun. You can tell what everybody's listening to because the headphones are a different color. And we had a really great, awesome experience that night. It was a lot of fun. Did you get a chance to check out any of the comedians? We did. I believe we met with a comedian one or two of the first nights, first or second night, but I, it was so early in the voyage, I honestly don't even remember yeah. much about the show, other than that I enjoyed it, certainly. Cool. Talk to us about the sea days. Uh, yeah. I know that these 10-night sailings can be very port-intensive, so you kind of tend to take advantage of the sea days. What did you do on your sea days? Yeah, it was very interesting. I mean, I said that on the sea days I wanted to, to really do nothing, but I felt like there was so much going on on the ship that I didn't want to miss anything. So uh, the first sea day, I will admit, I probably overdid it a little bit the night before. I was a little out of it for the first half of the day, but uh, we had a great opportunity to really, um, we played some bingo, which was important to my to, to my husband. We uh, uh, took advantage of, I want to say it was a future cruise lecture that we listened to, to sort of figure out, we fell in love with the, the ship right away. Where do we want to go next was something that we did. I had a little bit of an opportunity to do some shopping, of course, on the sea days. There was pool parties and, and uh, uh, there was a trivia contest at the pool one day that we took advantage of. It never felt, it always felt like there was something. You know, at first thought, Spending all day at sea was a little intimidating, but when you realize that there's always something going on and the next activity, trying to prioritize what to do, I think was a very uh, big challenge for us about figuring out, you know, what were those activities that we want to take advantage of and what were the ones that we were okay sort of letting uh, letting go by. We wanted to take a, a cooking class, I think is what it was, but unfortunately it had sold out by the time the mater d called and tried to get us in. But uh, Nonetheless, we still had a great time and, and really enjoyed pretty much every moment of the sea. They did not feel like it was boring or, or a little relaxing just because we weren't rushing off the boat to see a port, but definitely very busy and, and a great opportunity to really enjoy the ship in, in a way that we couldn't exactly in a port-intensive voyage such as this. How about as far as dining goes? Did you feel like it was tight or crowded um, what, dining on sea days? Not so much. I think no. that uh, the, the buffet was definitely a little more crowded, certainly, but uh, it seemed like everybody was sort of going at their own pace and, and, and eating meals sort of at, at their own time. Some people preferred the early breakfast as normal on a sea day. Some people preferred waiting till more of like a brunch type of hour. Didn't feel that way at all. And I think that uh, uh, the specialty venues were a little more crowded on sea days, definitely, because that's the day that people preferred to, to, to do that. But otherwise, you know, they, they, they're small enough in and of themselves that they don't really seem so crowded. So I don't necessarily think that, that, that we felt like the ship was, was – it was very tough to imagine on sea days especially that this supposedly was a 3,000-passenger ship. Yeah. Yeah, Didn't see it at all. <laughs> yeah, very nice. Uh, so this was a 10-night sailing round-trip Rome. What ports did you hit? Absolutely. So the uh, we boarded the ship and then we went to Messina, which was for uh, Sicily. And while we were there, we took the excursion to explore Taormina. And then we sailed over to the Greek Isles and hit Mykonos, Kushidasa, Rhodes, Santorini, Athens – sailed back over to Italy and stopped in Naples before returning to Rome. And out of all those ports, which one was your favorite? 
Yeah, I, I had always wanted to visit Santorini. I studied a class when I was uh, in college all about it uh, and, and the geological history that was there. And so I was very excited to, to see that island. It was um, spectacular and really we enjoyed every second we were there from Ia and Fira, the two main towns, to the Black Sand Beach and to the ancient city of Akrotiri. Uh, it was definitely my first favorite. And then, of course, Mykonos was my second favorite. The water just so blue and, and the culture. And uh, we had even gotten the recommendation to walk around some of these narrow alleyways and get ourselves lost, which we did, uh, and really got to enjoy it uh, off the beaten path, which was really special and really cool, and had an amazing, amazing lunch there overlooking the harbor. It was, oh, it was cool. beautiful. Yeah. Now, I uh, just have to ask, uh, with all the crazy world events happening, yep. did this uh, impact any of your activities or anything that you did? Did it alter any of your plans? Yes, it absolutely did. I mean, we were in Turkey before things really started to go south there, mm-hmm. but, but even so, we had deliberately avoided Istanbul, the other celebrity cruises uh, and on the ship. Uh, had visited Istanbul earlier this summer, and we deliberately did not pick one of those. But in Kushadasa, we decided that we wanted to get off the boat and explore, but we really just did it on our own and sort of stayed around the harbor with the ship in, in eyesight. We didn't want to venture too far away. So we, we definitely modified our plans, you know, with uh, security and, and so forth in mind, but didn't, you know, go to any great lengths necessarily to to change them. Granted, yeah. we weren't you know, walking around advertising that we were American, right. but uh, we sort of were vigilant on our own, but still going about our normal process. Yeah. So you uh, get back to Rome. How was disembarkation for you? Yeah, uh, very sad. Um, <laughs> uh, it was very disappointing knowing that, that we were leaving the ship, heading right to the airport and coming home after two weeks. But uh, it was very quick, uh, very early morning, of course, waking up. I think I woke up as soon as we started docking and, and, and we were starboard side of the ship and, and, and that's where we were docking. So I heard them you know, pulling lines and all of that. But I think from, from leaving the room to, to, to getting off the ship was probably... Uh, we stopped for breakfast on the way, uh, so taking that out of the, the, the timetable, I think that the um, whole process maybe took about 15 minutes, really literally walking off the ship and picking up our bags and getting into the, the, the shuttle taking us to the airport. So, you know, really, really quick, really seamless, a lot a lot easier than I expected it to be from what I had heard other uh, disembarkations. So maybe other ports are different, but I found Civitavecchia to be, to be very quick and very easy. Yeah, any tips you may have for people sailing either a Mediterranean cruise or sailing on Celebrity Reflection? Absolutely. Uh, sleep ahead of time. We definitely found ourselves needing to, to cut our day short because we were so exhausted doing it in, in the last two weeks of June. was hot, not unbearable, but, but still very, very hot. Comfortable walking shoes. We did a lot of really exciting walking. And it, it, this is a, at least the excursions that we did. This was a trip for people that really love history and want to see the ancient world. So if it's, that's the type of thing that a person is interested in, it's definitely an amazing, amazing cruise. For the ports, and the ship is just absolutely stunning, and we, we would sail on this ship in a heartbeat again. Uh, love the people that we met on, on the crew as well as the other people on the ship, developed some great relationships, and hopefully look forward to cruising with some of these people before. Uh, again, excuse me, it was really just spectacular and amazing, and um, I don't know that I could say a negative thing about it. Cool. Looking back, uh, what was the highlight of your cruise? It's a, tough to say it's an individual highlight, but certainly uh, uh, the port of Santorini was amazing. I think that we... Um, I very much enjoyed the martini bar. <laughs> yes, we were there uh, on several occasions before shows, after shows. That was really exciting to to sort of meet people and hang out there. That seemed to be the the, the place on the ship. Love sitting out by the pool and, and having frozen cocktails being brought to you by the bar servers. That was pretty spectacular. Or, or sitting at the Sunset Bar at the back of the ship as we're sailing away from a port. That was a pretty awesome feeling. Um, you know, re- really enjoyed just about every single aspect of it. And, and the ship as a whole just seems like the service quality is exceptional. 
Uh, you know, we were prepared for eh kind of service, and we're just blown away by how spectacular. Uh, I don't think we heard the word no once on the sailing, which, which wow. was very spectacular for me from a customer service type of perspective. Um, it was just really amazing. And, and, and the biggest highlight, I think, is the honeymoon was we wanted to create something uh, uh, new for cruisers, both of us, that we would both cherish and, and fall in love with. And I think we both fall in love with the trip and have committed ourselves now to taking future cruises again and hopefully expanding our family and, and bringing extended family on board and, and so forth. Very cool. Uh, do you have one on the books right now, a future cruise? Not at the moment. We are yeah. waiting for uh, Alaska 2018. It's probably going to be our, our, our next thing. So we're hoping those uh, itineraries come out very soon and we can start uh, planning for one of those. You were mentioning the martini bar. Is that the one with the ice top yes, on it? Yes, that is the one with the ice top yeah. to keep the cocktails cold. Absolutely. Yes, love and that one. The servers do a whole great show where they pour six, seven, eight martinis at yeah. a time. That's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> That's so cool. Uh, well, in closing here, Barry, uh, what are your final thoughts of Celebrity Reflection? We deliberately picked celebrity uh, over over other lines because we wanted an experience that was going to be a little bit more uh, elevated and elegant for our honeymoon. And we picked this ship because it was the youngest one in the fleet and everybody said it was so stunning. And we were not disappointed with our choice in either category. Again, we loved the service with celebrity and we would sell them again in a heartbeat. And we would sell this ship in a heartbeat or any others, I think, in, in the Solstice class. Uh, and we were really very pleased with our decision and, and very happy with every single aspect of this itinerary. Uh, and when we can't wait to do something similar in the future. Nice. We've been talking with Barry. He's returned from a 10-night Eastern European cruise aboard Celebrity Reflection. Barry, thank you so much for giving your review and being on the show this evening. Thank you, Doug. It was a pleasure uh, listening to the, your show for the last year. It's such a great honor to be part of it now. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.